Monica, you have to get back on the horse and ride. Like you can't, because of one failure, you can't allow that to take you down and decide on a completely different path. Yeah. This is something you're really good at. Yeah. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. Hey, thank you for joining me on the show. I appreciate it. It's good to have you. Good to be back with you here today. Uh, got another good one, guys. It's kind of a spoiler alert. It's an awesome guest. She is really cool. We had a great time talking. She's a best-selling author of the book, Choose Bliss, The Power and Practice of Joy and Contentment. She is the host of the very popular podcast, Real Estate Investing for Women. Uh, she's also the creator of the Blissful Real Estate Investor Formula that shows smart women how to use real estate investing to retire rich. Her expertise and just fun nature has been featured all over the world in over 50 podcasts on stages, radio, TV stations, including ABC, CBS, Fox, and CW. Guys, she was a ton of fun, lots of information, very, very inspirational story. I give you the one and only Monica Sawyer. All right, Monica, thank you for agreeing to do this. Thank you for your time. I'm excited to have you on the show. So thank you very much. Yes, thank you so much, Mike, for having me. This is going to be awesome. Yeah, I totally agree. I can't wait. And just so everyone knows, behind the scenes, we're going to do a podcast swap. So I'm going to be on her show right after we do this. And I'm excited about that, Yay! too. So let's <laughs> let's let's dive in. For anyone who doesn't know who you are, and you've been on so many platforms, and, and you've appeared so many places, and, and you're just so good at what you do. But if anybody hasn't heard of you to this point, let's give them a little context. Let's rewind a little bit. What was Monica doing prior to all of this awesome stuff she's into now? What, what were your, what, what I always like to ask people is what were your plans when you were, you know, younger before you did this? And then how did you get into this space? Yeah, I love that question because I actually got into, into real estate kicking and screaming. Like I was like, <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and so my real estate story actually begins before I was born. <laughs> um, well, that, you're going back farther life. than most people do. That's good. I like that. <laughs> exactly. So my parents had an arranged marriage in India. Uh-huh. And as newlyweds, not knowing each other, came to the United States with $200 in their pocket. Could you imagine? No. And, and they had heard that the golden ticket to wealth in the United States was in real estate. So I was their first child. They had me. And now with their hearts filled with love and joy and excitement, they decided that they were going to invest in real estate so they could give me the life they really wanted for me. So nice. my mom's a doctor. My dad's an engineer. They saved all of their nickels and dimes. And they eventually bought their very first real estate rental property. So they had their primary residence and then they bought their first rental. Yep. So they stayed really focused. And then, you know, 15 years later, I think they bought their first piece of property when I was three. And okay. then 15 years later, they paid for my college education. Wow. Their real estate. Wow. That's they did awesome. the same. Right. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, and they did the same for my sisters. They paid for our wedding. So real estate has been a part of my life, my whole life. Right. That is so cool. Um, and I've seen what was possible. When I graduated from college, I graduated during the recession. I'd struggled for a couple of years and I was completely freaked out. And the thing is that I thought about real estate, but I had, even though I had seen all the good that it had done for us, I'd also seen my poor dad, <laughs> right? The toilets. We hear about this, right? The toilets, the tenants, the mortgages, the stress, daddy running around at two o'clock in the morning. 
I had decided very young, no thank you, yeah. no amount of money yep. was worth this, right? Totally, totally. He, he wasn't with us, and I didn't want that life. Yep. So what was what did you graduate uh, from college with? What degree? What what were you? What was your plan? I was in marketing. Okay. And okay. I could not find a job. <laughs> what so year? Well, some, I don't want to date you, but uh, so was the job market good at the time, or was it? Was it not good? Okay. It was, we were in a recession. Okay. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So I was trying to find a job. I told my dad all of this stress and that I didn't want to be in real estate. And one night we were sitting at the kitchen table and he, it, this night changed my life. He said something that I will never forget. He said, you know, Monica, everybody has stress and everybody has money problems. Do you want poor people money problems or do you want <laughs> rich people money problems? <laughs> That's such a that's such a profound <laughs> statement because there are different problems when you don't have money and when you do have money. That's but, right. But there are always that's problems. Right. But you're right. I would rather take. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny you say that. Uh, I, I'll leave his name out of it. But a friend of mine just today recently said, "I have a real first world problem here. I have Bitcoin that I could cash out." because it's worth X amount, right? But I don't know if it's going to go up or down. He goes, I know this is like a good problem. And it's like, there are problems when you have money and and they, they're they real, but they're so much better to work through than, than, so much than better. poor person's yes. problems. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's why I got in real estate yeah. because I decided that I was going to follow his path. So nice. that's the story. <laughs> so you did not want the toilets and the tenants and, and all that issues that come with that. So- Talk a little bit about what was your what was your toe in the pool moment with real estate? How did you actually get started and why did you go that route? Yeah. So the very first thing that my dad taught me, um, and fortunately my husband's dad taught him too, was that you need to own your own home. Don't pay rent and make somebody else rich. Now I know very famous people that disagree with this, so that's okay. <laughs> but at the time, I'm much younger than he is, so <laughs> I mean, so I we hadn't heard any of this stuff, right? Yeah. So we were like, okay, we're just gonna buy a house, and so um, instead of paying rent, and so for our wedding, we asked for money as our gift. We got about ten thousand dollars, and we put a five percent down payment on our primary residence. Nice. And ten grand. Yep. Over four years, the house appreciates, and the ten ten grand has now grown one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in equity. Right. Yep. So, because of the way loans work, we took out some money, a hundred thousand, I think it was, mm -hmm. and then we put that down 100, 150 and we bought another primary residence. Nice. So we moved up in the world. I have a had a much more beautiful home, yep. and then we rented out this one. And boy, what a nightmare that was. I'm just saying, my, <laughs> my first experience was exactly what I expected it to yeah. be based on my dad, right? Yep. It was horrible, right? So whatever, I did that for like five years and I'm like, I'm out and we sold it. And my husband told me, he's like, you are going to regret this. And I'm like, I am so out. I was so <laughs> right. Daddy was wrong. We're going to do rich people problems some other way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that's fine. Then the prim the primary residence we were in, it now has grown quite a lot of equity. I got another equity line and I was like, fine. You know, it'd been a couple of years. Ugh, fine. <laughs> so I got back in. Now I bought three houses. Yeah. But I did it with a very different intention. I'm called a blissful millionaire because really for me, my focus is about keeping it joyful. Now, obviously following daddy's footsteps, that wasn't working as well. <laughs> um, my dad is a wonderful, joyful man, but that business wasn't working that way. Yeah. 
Um, so I decided that I was going to set processes and and organize it in a way that really focused on making it easy and joyful, yeah. if that's possible. That's... So I started with a whole new intention. I vetted my tenants better. I bought properties that I was more likely to like the kinds of tenants that I would have. Um, so I did a lot of different things. It wasn't perfect, but it was a lot easier. And yeah. then I created more processes from that. So that's kind of how I got started. And then the portfolio grew from there. I do have one thing that I will say I've always used most of the time. So my multi-million dollars worth about $12 million dollars. That that my only seed money has been about three hundred thousand dollars out of our pocket over twenty years. Wow! So I use real estate money for real estate for the most part. That's brilliant, and that's awesome. And I love what you said. You know, I think some people get into this industry. I think, uh, unfortunately, I think most people get into this industry, and their only focus is money and how do I make as much as possible. And what sometimes they realize, and I think. Almost a hundred percent. If your only motivation is money, you will inevitably, inevitably become unhappy with the process mm -hmm. for sure. So your your uh, your goal of making this a blissful experience is really, really more important than maybe people even realize. Because if you hate what you're doing, you will eventually stop, or you'll be miserable the rest of your life. And I, I won't lie, I I started this. It was purely about. Uh, building a bank account so that I could retire early and it was all money. And it took me years to figure out that being happy was a major component to success. It just is. And and, and when I say success, I'm not just talking about financial because I know people who have a lot of money and are miserable. And I know people who don't have a ton of money and they're super happy, right? So having money and being happy, like that should be the gold standard. I think that's kind of what you're talking about. Well, I think people need to remember, like, why is it that you want the money? What is it that you're really looking for? Yep. For most people, it's some version of freedom, time freedom, choice freedom, um, sanity freedom, mm -hmm. you know, like that, right? And why do you want those things? The bottom line is because you want to be happy. So yep. why not go for the actual goal yep. while building the entire business, the entire empire? I will say if I was much more aggressive, like my dad, and I had made a lot more compromises, I would be a lot richer. Yeah. But still, I was able to retire at 40 if I wanted. Yep. Isn't that good enough? Yeah. You know, I, and with a lifestyle that I want. like, And that's the other thing is really determining how much is enough, how much sacrifice is enough yep. to create the life that you really, really want. And happiness is the end goal for everybody. Totally. You know? Yep. I, I completely agree with you. Um, can you tell me, um, again, I, I don't want to get super in, in, too personal, but when you decided to, uh, you were married, you mentioned that you had that first house and it didn't go out, go well. When you decided to go back in that direction of real estate, what was the, what was the conversation like with your husband or your family? I, your family was probably in favor of it because they did it, but what, what kind of talking points, what sort of uh, discussions centered around, let's just go for it. Let's do this because I think this is one of the most under-discussed topics in all of business, forget real estate, just all of business. People talk about the end and the journey and the stuff, but nobody talks about getting out of the starting blocks. And frankly, if everyone who decided they wanted to be a real estate investor or they wanted to be an entrepreneur became one, we would have a thousand times more because most people never get out of their chair and actually do it. So what did it take for you, the discussions around that with your significant others and family members, what'd that look like? 
It's been such an interesting journey. So my husband is a software programmer and his whole family have been people that they're, they're very well off and they all followed the right path. We all got degrees, myself included, right? My husband went to Stanford. His sister went to Berkeley. I went to Berkeley. We all went to like high school, high, high level schools and all our families all the way have done that. So you go to a high level school, you get a job, you get, you get promoted, you get paid, you, you max out your 401k, um, you do your savings, usually in the stock market and you retire young and you travel the world. That's the way they've always done it. All of them. Mm -hmm. And they're very successful. My family, we're Indian, so very, very similar idea, right? You become a lawyer, doctor, or engineer, <laughs> yeah. and you follow kind of the same path. Yeah. The thing is, the big difference between um, between my family and his family is that there was there was this entrepreneurial thread in us that no matter how hard we worked in corporate, we were just never happy. You see my dad and my mom. My dad was an engineer. My mom was a doctor. My mom eventually opened her own clinic. My dad quit his work for real estate. Yeah. So we had this entrepreneurial spirit. It's kind of a part of who, who some of us are. And you don't have to have that to be an entrepreneur, but people that are entrepreneurs understand what this is like. Mm -hmm. It is painful mm -hmm. to be in corporate if yep. you're an entrepreneur. Yep. So if you think about this and you think about there's me who's like, I want to do it on my own and I want to make something big and I want to create, I want, you know, I want to do all this stuff. And my husband's like, you know, let's go on vacation and I get paid anyways. Yeah. Right. There's, yeah. It's a completely different mindset. Yeah. There was a lot of rift with us. Now we are crazy about each other, thank God, because we wouldn't have made it otherwise. But there yeah. was this this um, mindset rift with us. So my husband is very conservative, which is awesome, and I'm kind of a like, let's do it. So we would have these conversations, and he'd be like, whoa, 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 you know, like, yeah. calm down, Monica. Yeah. You know, like yeah. he would be like, your mind. We would call it popcorn. Your mind is popcorning again, you know. And it was a good thing for me, but for him, it was yeah. kind of like this weird, scary thing. And he knows the numbers. More entrepreneurs fail than succeed. Mm -hmm. Now, you look at a software programmer, most software programmers succeed rather than fail. Even if they suck, they get paid really well, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so we have this weird rift. I will not say it was easy. But the one thing that I can say is he understood that buying real estate was a good thing. Yeah. So if I could start that conversation, he wasn't comfortable with it. Every time I went out shopping, he was like, we're going to spend what? We're going to do what? We're leveraging the house. What? You know, we're like doing all these things. Yeah. So in the beginning, he was kind of like, ah, so I had to go, I had to go slow. <laughs> and like I said, we really focused on real estate money stays with real estate. Yep. He didn't let go of the reins on that and allow me to take more seed money yep. until we, he started to see success in that. So we had $10,000 given as gifts. We built a house. We had a house, built equity, took real estate money and invested in more real estate. He was comfortable with that. Yeah. So it was about finding a strategy that he was comfortable with. Yeah. And then I could move forward. Now, I was already out, <laughs> right? But what was interesting is that when we sold that place, we made like we had it for seven years, and I think we made like $400,000 on that. So I was able to use that money. Yeah. My husband was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Now all of a sudden, it's his idea. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This was He's a great like, idea. Manager, right? That's a great 
idea. Why do you manage that? Yeah. And so then he gave me, that's when it started to become this, okay, you could take your 150 equity. You could take this $200,000 we've got. And why don't you go buy some stuff? And so yeah. that's how that whole thing started. So he actually kind of pushed me. What he said to me was so smart. I adore my husband. What he said to me was so smart. He said, Monica, you have to get back on the horse and ride. Like you can't, because of one failure, you can't allow that to take you down and decide on a completely different path. Yeah. This is something you're really good at. Yeah. So, so that's kind of how that whole thing went. Once I had his buy-in, now he's like pushing me. We still, <laughs> and we still have like, we still have conflict, right? Cause I'm, I'm definitely, we're doing a construction project right now. Yeah. We had to hold the thing for nine years. This is dumb. Don't do this. Okay. We have All right, guys. <laughs> here you go. This is the anti-advice right here. <laughs> Don't hold a property for nine years. Yeah. We're going to make millions on it. It's fine. But had I known, like my money sitting in that for that long was yeah. not a smart thing. Yeah. Whatever. But yeah. along the way, David keeps saying, why don't we just sell it as an value add? Like get the get the permits and sell it for $200,000 more. Right. That was his. And for me, I'm like, okay, once I get get the permits. Now I build it in a year and I make 2 million rather than 200,000. Right. Once I get the permits, I'm kind of like in, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But so we've had this conflict over the years too. He's like, look at all the money we're bleeding, right? So it happens. Yeah. But as business people, we need to sort of make decisions that are best for the business and bring our spouses along for the yeah. ride in a way that they're comfortable. Totally. And it, in your, your, uh, your path there and your, you know, the relationship with your husband is very much like mine with my wife. She's very conservative and I'm like guns blazing, like hop on the <laughs> rocket and light it and figure out where it's going to go after I'm off That's the ground. Right. So it was, so when we started off, we started off as house flippers and she was kind of like, I was like, let's make more offers. Let's get more houses. Let's keep building. And she's like, whoa, 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 we got one. Let's, let's finish this renovation. Let's see how it goes. You know? And I think <clears throat> in the beginning, it probably kept me out of some hot water because I would have just lit the world on fire and went for I'm it. With you. So doing that for a couple of years with her as my partner, um, at some point she just said, you know what, this, cause no matter how conservative or how careful you are, there's ups and downs when you're an investor mm -hmm. and the ups and downs started to start affecting her in her day. Right. So she's mm -hmm. like, you know what, this is very stressful and it's not, I'm not built for this kind of, this kind of thing. You are, you love it. I trust you. You're going to be great. Go for it. Right. And then once she did that, it was kind of like when you had that seed money, you were like, right. Like things exploded. Mm -hmm. So if you look at a trajectory of my company, it kind of goes slowly up and then it spikes at some point. And it's like, well, what happened here? Uh, I had no one telling me no at that point. It was just me, all gas, right. no break. So, uh, but I think those first couple of years helped me distinguish between good and dumb, smart and bad decisions in my business. So, uh, it was probably ultimately. A good I agree thing with that I had you on somebody. that. And he still holds me back a little bit. Not holding back was a bad. Was bad. Decision. I hear you. I know what you're he's saying. He still, yeah, he yeah. still balances me. Yeah, he checks you a <laughs> quite bit. a lot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But he's also learned a lot because he's been watching me, and he's he's sort of like, oh, what is that that she's doing? And he goes and he does research. Yeah. So it's interesting. The conversations have definitely gotten much more robust and exciting yeah. and supportive. It's so cool, and it's similar. Once we had our first win under our belt. She was kind of the same way, like, go, 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 go. Like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Why are you sitting around? We should be buying more property. So very yeah. cool. And that's that's important. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. Because I think yeah. people sometimes think, ah, my wife, my husband, they're not involved. Like, ah, I don't care. They don't even like that I do this. I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. It's like, no, that's going to really affect things. That's going to hurt you. And you really need to try to bring them along in a way that makes sense to them. And I did the same thing. I knew before I approached my wife 100% that I wanted to do this, 100%. But I couldn't come at her five miles down this road 
road when she's at mile one, I needed to go back and kind of get her caught up to where I was. And um, I think that was key, actually. It was a big, big part of why I think I was successful early on. So that's. Well, I think with Bliss, um, one of the things to really, really remember, and Bliss is all about keeping a holistic approach, right? Um, looking at all the different avenues, all the different parts of our life and creating a business that fits into that puzzle and supports the joy in your life, right? Yeah. Could you? imagine if that caused a huge rift with your marriage yeah like yep. can you be blissful if your if your partner isn't happy with you really no if there's this constant nattery <laughs> no. stuff that happens i see no. it all the time yeah me too courtesy and um common sense and respect are big for your spouse and from your spouse are all big parts of the bl- the picture of bliss yeah you know? I totally agree. Can, can you tell everyone listening, we talked about you starting with that, you know, the first little bit, you kind of dipped your toe in. Like how, what is your, what was, and maybe even now what is, what was your model for building your business? What, what at a high level, what did it look like? Are we buying rentals? Are we like buy a rental? Like it was at the Burr method kind of a thing. Like what, what exactly did you do to get kind of the ball rolling and get where you are? Yeah. It's interesting because my model has changed. And this is someone that something that everybody, I know you've experienced this too. You start with one model, yep. 20 years later, you're doing something different, right? So when you start, you don't know what you don't know. Totally. <laughs> you get in there and things happen, right? So for me, I mean, I bought a primary residence that needed fixing up. We could not afford better. Yep. Okay. So we bought a crappy little place and we fixed it up. I, that was my very first like introduction to remodeling and stuff like that. We did a lot of it really, really on the cheap, but the house was cute. Yeah. Then when we moved to the next place, we were able to actually afford something really nice. Yeah. And so, so we rented out a nice place and I kind of realized that I had a cheap place and I rented it out cheap and I did not want to work with those kinds of tenants because that's what caused the problem in my mind. So now what I started to do was I, I, I did it backwards. I decided what kind of renter I wanted in my houses and I started to look for houses that they would want to live in. Now, I now do executive homes. I could not afford executive homes in those days. But what I could do is people that were independent. So I started to look for people like me with my set kind of personality type that didn't want some landlord breathing down their throat, Mm -hmm. that wanted autonomy, but that were also, they took good care of themselves and their homes and their lives. So they would do the same for my house. And so I created systems now that I would buy a place. So I was, I always bought the worst place in a nice neighborhood fixed it up. So now became mid tier. And then I would put someone in there that wanted to take care of it and didn't want to have to answer to me. And then I would train them on how to take care of the house. And so that's how I kind of created the systems over time. Now I I rented out the second home that I bought, which was an executive home, the one that I lived in. And now everyone after that has been an executive home. So I put in executives and that does a lot of things. First of all, they are completely autonomous. Mm -hmm. They demand very high quality. So when things go wrong, if they're going to fix it, it's going to be done right. Yeah. The other thing is marketing, which is really interesting. Executives have executive parties. If someone's leaving and they're starting to tell their colleagues, their wives want to live in that house. Yeah. I just don't have vacancies. Yep. That's right? amazing. So I started kind of like burr, right? And still burr. Yep. I still do that. Yeah. Right. But it's just the, the kind of places that I'm buying, the kind of tenants, the kind of business that I'm running has evolved. So my audience would be furious if I didn't have you define a little better what an executive house is. And not only that, I think intuitively people probably basically get it. But what I'm wondering and what I think my audience could be wondering is 
a lot of people buy cheap houses because the ROI looks great on paper. It's cheap. The rents are decent and it's just making money year after year. Um, I understand the tenant situation, but on the other side of it, because I, I've always sort of looked at rentals and you can tell me if you disagree with this on a scale. On one end of the scale, typically traditional rentals, you have high appreciation, but not a great cash flow, right? Mm-hmm. And on the other end, you have fantastic flat cash flow, no appreciation, and a lot of tenant problems, right? And so people try to figure out where they want to be on that scale. Executive homes, I think, would tend to be more toward one end, but how do you do it and be profitable doing that? Because presumably the houses are not cheap. The, the finishes are not cheap, right? So how do you do that and turn a profit? So first of all, I didn't. So I, I committed the ultimate sin in real estate. I carried negative cash flow. Okay. Now, it's, but this is a decision that people have to make when they're going into real estate. What is your goal? What is your risk tolerance? What kind of business are you looking to run? For me, I'm in the Silicon Valley. And even back then, 30 years ago, it was a highly appreciating market. Yep. And it had been for years. So it had a track record, right? Mm-hmm. My dad always invested in appreciating property, right? And over time, eventually the rents go up enough that they're just going to cover it and you're going to make some money, right? Yeah. But in the beginning, my dad always carried negative. I did the same thing. Is that wise? I don't know, but what I do know is if I can take $300,000 and turn it into $12 million through an appreciation market, that's okay with me. I'm, I actually made my money with the, yeah. the negative cash flow. Yeah. Should I Do I recommend that? Absolutely not. But what I do recommend is taking a look at what your goals are and then what is it that you can sustain emotionally, stress-wise, and financially. Could we carry, my husband and I discussed it, what was a maximum negative that I could carry per month? And that includes all the HOAs, all the maintenance, all everything, right? We had a number and I could not buy anything if that number was going to go up. Now we have a huge amount of cash flow, but it's been 20 years, right? And rents have gone up significantly. I will say this though, I have a huge amount of equity. I am not maximizing that equity the cash flow is covering things, helping out, pays for this podcast, you know, that sort of yeah, thing, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's not going to pay the bills. It's not going to retire us. Yeah. What is going to retire us? So now the goal changes. Yeah. Yeah. I've got two to five years now to turn it into a cash flow strategy. Yeah. I still like appreciation. So I will not go in one of those markets that's all cash flow. Yeah. I will do somewhat, but it's going to be more towards the cash flow side. Yeah. And hopefully a little bit of appreciation with it. Yeah. So just understand that things evolve from where you are and where you are today yeah. is not where you're going to be married to. You totally. can change it. You can sell houses, right? Totally. <laughs> it's a totally. fun thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah. Is, is it fair to say then that your your model, like whether it be executive or, or otherwise, it's uh, it's cash flow, it's it's rentals, right? Just to put it in a broad category. You're not it's flipping, rentals. you're not doing that kind of stuff. Right. Okay. Gotcha. I have flipped. I have done construction. I have done wholesale. I've done a lot of stuff. Yeah. But the main business is buy and hold really nice homes. Yeah. The other stuff comes along because gotcha. it happens when you're out there. Yep. Absolutely. I love it. So where do you see your business going in the next three years? By the way, not to get political, and I, I won't, but are you in general are you optimistic about the next 12 to 24 to 48 months? Are you nervous about it from a real estate 
perspective, mm-hmm. not necessarily anything else. I think it's really hard to predict. Yeah. I think, And this is one of the things that I, I was a stock trader also as a day trader for mm. a while. That was my other business because this business doesn't take much of my time. Yeah. And the the stock markets are really volatile. They're very politically sensitive. They're news sensitive. So mm. being a day trader in that is exciting and fun and can be really scary too. Yeah. <clears throat> the real estate market, as long as you're in for the long haul, the cycles don't actually matter that all well that much if you've bought right. Yeah. So I bought at the top of 2001 and I bought at the top of 2008. By 2009, I had lost 50% of the value, which was millions of dollars. Yep. Yep. But by now, I'm up that times three, right? So, whatever the market, and this is one of the things that I love about real estate is you, there's this whole conversation about margin and kind of what happened to people in, in the stock market during the bust, right? Yep. But in real estate, you can hold. Yeah. You just hold. You don't sell. You don't lose money until you sell. Yep. And and it's hard to sell. So you're kind of stuck there, right? You're stuck with the hold. Yep. Well, is in in um the stock market, you're so liquid. If you freak out, you can just sell and then you just lose all that money. Yeah. Stocks can completely disappear, go to zero. Yep. Right. So so yes, we were in the stock market and yes, we were in real estate. And if you look at it over the long haul. The real estate has been surprisingly stable. Yes, I lost 50% of my value at one point. I held. The rents covered things. I had to make some adjustments. It was uncomfortable. I will not lie. Yeah. But I made it because I could hold. And so that's my thing with real estate is timing the market is not as important as giving yourself the time to be right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so 100%. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't think we're going to see a 50% correction if we see a correction. Yeah. So if I were to buy now, I mean, I've, I could have done a lot worse. Yeah. But right now I'm actually doing a lot of construction. So my money is really tied up there. Yeah. I don't have the money to buy something. But if I did, I would. Yeah. Agreed. I think so too. And even if you're into something in real estate that is a little bit more market sensitive, you're doing like maybe flips or something that where the market matters more than long-term buy and hold. I always tell people when I'm asked, and and people ask me this a lot because they know I'm in real estate. First of all, they think I'm a realtor, which I'm not, but they always say like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's like, I hate it, but they go, how's the market? And my answer is always the same. It's great. It's great. It's the market great. the market is never bad. It's whether or not you are a- adapting and adjusting what you're doing to the market if you're in a short-term play. So as the market's going down, you just alter how you do business. As it's going up, you alter how you do business. So as long as you're aware of the market, the market mm-hmm. is fine. The market's not evil either end. What's evil is when people like put their head in the sand, they don't they don't look around, they don't they don't understand what's happening and they continue to operate as if the market never changes. Then then they get in trouble if, if they're not yeah. in it for the long haul, right? So right. so the market's always great and people always look at me funny when they go, "How's the market? It's great." It's like it'll be great next year, it'll be great in 10 years. It's just it's I have to have my ear to the ground. It's interesting because now I'm in construction. It took me nine years to get here, okay? I did not plan to be where I am today in this market. And yeah. it is volatile and there's a lot of uncertainty. And But I'm still building because we have our loan. We got to do that. And people are constantly like, oh my God, this is like the worst time to be building. Like what if in two years or one year, the market completely crashes and you can't sell, blah, 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 you know, like all of this fear stuff. Yeah. Well, we've got three exit strategies on this property. Either we sell it, we rent it, or we move into it. Yeah. So that's the other thing is when you're really, markets don't mean anything 
as long as you can pivot and flex and make your property work given any given situation. And if you give yourself time, you have a lot more probability of success. Yeah. Planning is everything. Just like you said, very smart. Having more than one exit strategy, more than one option of what you're going to do. When people get tied into one exit strategy and that's the only thing that can possibly work and then the you know the market changes, yeah, they're in trouble. But that's on them. It's not the market. It's on them. Mm-hmm. You know, you know the market's going to change eventually. Um, so it, I, I, we, I mean, I could do this all night with you, but w- tell people where if they want to learn more about you, about what you're up to. I, I think if people aren't interested in learning how to create this blissful life, this blissful career, this uh, this environment that sort of conforms to what they really want out of life, then they're crazy, right? That has <laughs> to be the end game. And if you're too young to know, to think that's true, trust me when I tell you I'm older than you, probably a lot of you, like your happiness and doing something that makes you happy and you when you get up in the morning, you're excited to be awake and be alive, that's everything. And I think this year we've gone through, people have had a lot of time to reflect. And, and fortunately, I think the good thing that came out of COVID over in 2020 was that people reassessed a little bit and they started being a little bit more in touch with their their happiness and what they want out of life and what's important to them, right? Mm-hmm. So so this is a perfect time for you and what you talk about. So how how can people find out more and how can they how can they learn how to get into your blissful world? Yay. Thank you for asking that. So it's real easy. You go to blissfulinvestor.com. And the, my podcast, which is Real Estate Investing for Women, that's on there. All my books are on there. Um, I have some home study courses that are on there. So it's kind of, oh, and I got a free download nice. that tells you, you know, how I went from $10,000 to the first few million dollars. So it's like it. the Blissful Investor Blueprint, right? So awesome. you can download that too. Very cool. And that's um, on the, so that's on the of- website also, blissfulinvestor.com. Blissfulinvestor.com. Exactly. It's all there. Awesome. Guys, go grab that. If you don't want to know how she did that and made that happen, go grab, then you're crazy. Again, go grab that blueprint. Find out, figure it out, because that's the number one thing I think people struggle with when they're when they're starting off is, I just don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. I need to try to model off of someone who's done it before me. So here's your opportunity, guys. Go grab that and take a look. I think it's going to be just huge and it's free. So what's cheaper than free? Nothing. So go get it, right? <laughs> um, that's awesome. Monica, listen, this has been fun. I, like I said, I, I know I could talk to you all night long because you're a fun person, you're a smart person, and, and you just, you're full of life. I can tell. I love that. So thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for being on my show. And uh, I just can't wait to see what you do in the future. Yay. Thank you so much, Mike. This was fun. I loved it. Good. Thank you. I can't wait. And, and we're going to talk in a few minutes here. Next, for everyone, yay! It doesn't matter because you're listening to mine, but go listen to her podcast too and, and, and listen to me on that when I'm on that. And uh, we'll, have, we'll continue this discussion there. Perfect. Awesome. See Thank you. you. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Monica. She's awesome. She was a lot of fun to have on the show, Uh, really running a really cool business. And like she said, just not working tons of hours. Like she has a life that she enjoys and she's making good money. And she started with very little money. So uh, definitely go check out her website. Go get that free offer where she really gives you the blueprint of how she went from just $10,000 to millions of dollars. And and she's just running a great business that I think people should take a closer look at. So go check that out, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. But either way, whether you check out her website or not, which I think you should, take action. Go out there and get started. Take advice from people who have been there before you and do it smart. It can be done. 
You can do it. This is your chance. Go after it. Go out there and get it. All right. We'll talk to you next time. Okay. You're still there. You're still listening. That's awesome. And I really appreciate that. Now, hopefully it wasn't an accident. Hopefully you didn't leave the room and I'm just talking to an empty room right now. But assuming you're still there, I want to do something really, really cool for you. For a limited time, I want to give you a free digital download of my book, the entire book, Level Jumping. If you're a listener to the show, you know it just came out and it really details how I took my business from being like one where I was just doing a few deals a month, maybe one or two deals a month, to doing over 10 and sometimes 15 deals a month and over a hundred a year. And I went from doing very little profit to over a million dollars in profit. And I made that transformation in a 12 month period. And this book talks about what I did, the steps I took to transform my business and how you can too. So grab a free digital download and you can get that by texting the words, just start as two words. Now just start to the number five, five, four, four, So text just start to 55444. I will send you a free digital download of my book. It's the complete book. There's nothing held back and that'll be completely yours just for making it to the end of the show and listening to me. And I really, really appreciate it, guys. So I want to do something nice for you. I do this every once in a while at the end of shows. And if you listen to the very end, every once in a while, I do a giveaway like this. So hopefully you enjoy that. Go grab a free copy. I hope you read it. I hope you love it. Reach out. Let me know what you think. All right, guys. Talk to you next time.